Welcome into the Pits in Peril podcast. I'm your host, Todd Kramer, and I'm here with Farts for Hire, uh, a.k.a. Wally Hayes, a.k.a. Mr. Fresh Pubes. Daddy, how's it going? Uh, you know, today was a busy day. Actually, I had a couch delivered, a bedroom set delivered, and television delivered. So slowly but surely, uh, we are furnishing the New Mexico City apartment. Muy bueno, muy bien, muy bien, muy bien. Muy bien. Oh man, my my Spanish is rusty. I, uh, How are you doing, Wally? Uh, I see, I see. Huh. See how I slid that back in there. Um, no, I'm pretty good. Um, I got, you know, I, I got into a fight with uh, my vet and kind of stormed off, and now I got to find a new vet, and it's a whole thing because apparently. Um, you can't uh, you can't get a vet anymore. Like uh, there's uh, you can't get a vet for love or money in in the Bay Area. So um, we'll see. I, I think I, I think I have uh, the deets on one in uh, El Cerrito, but it's kind of a pain. Um, where are you living, then, if you're going all the way out to El Cerrito? I'm living between San Francisco and Sonoma. Um, so it's, that's um, super inconvenient. It is. I mean, but. You know, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> so there's no vet between, in any of those cities that's willing to see you at this point? You've burned that many bridges? I, I, I really think I have. Um, I think, I mean, the, the large thing is obviously just that everyone and their cousin got a cat or a dog or a hamster or something during COVID. And uh, it's just impossible to get anyone to do any sort of job. Um much less like a you know a vet tech kind of thing so they're understaffed and they're get like if you call up vets they just have like a an answering machine that says like sorry we're no longer taking new patients and i'm like patients it's a freaking dog like just you know cut his testicles off how hard can this be but <laughs> anyway okay yeah. hey it sounds like you may be a little bit far from your mic you may oh yeah that- Gets a little yeah. That's a little better, yeah. Okay. Okay, well, uh, before we get into uh, <clears throat> what happened in the last week of fantasy football, I figure the the most prudent thing to do when I have Wally on the podcast is, is there anything you want to talk about, just in general? Just in general. Um, I don't know. You know, I, I, I know you, uh, you brought up uh, postseason stuff, and I actually – I. I prepared some, I, you know, crunched some numbers. I prepared some material on that. Um, I kind of surprised myself. Um, I found myself, like, getting angry at my vet, and I was like, there's no reason why I need to send this poor woman another angry email. I can just, like, you know, make a spreadsheet that's equally pointless. Um, <laughs> so I did that instead. Um, and uh, so that's exciting. I don't know. Well, I, I, well while we're while we're on that, I didn't realize there was emails. Do you have a computer in front of you where you can read the best angry email you sent your vet? Oh, um, I, I think the best one. I mean, there was like all sorts of snark, snark, and you know stuff about asking for an itemized invoice. Um, but I mean, the 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 hammer blow was just the first one in response to this very, very long detailed email that she sent where I, I just wrote, thank you. 
but after discussing, uh, but after further discussions with my wife, uh, we've decided to proceed with a new vet. Thank you. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, sometimes it's, uh, it's what's not said. Gotcha. Okay. So you didn't get into any, you know, no, no, I you didn't ream her. It was more of the undertones of, of a terse email. Yeah, which honestly usually doesn't come across to other people. It only comes across like in your own head. Yeah. And uh, and she was probably writing totally normal, nice people emails. And I was just like, I was already seeing red. So to me, she was probably being like, I was reading it as if she was being super snarky. But she was probably just telling me information. Um, you know how these things go. It's all in your head. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to jump in then now that we've got the vet discussion out of the way into week seven. Um, you know, nothing too exciting. I think the main highlights were Nikki having uh, a big comeback on Monday night football with Alvin Kamara, finally putting up a huge number of points. Um, that guy was the entire offense. For, uh, yeah. I, I don't know if you uh, saw any of the Manning. Uh, oh, I missed cast. that forgot that that came back yeah well they uh they were like talking to marshawn lynch and they were like they should just get the ball and hit into kamara's hands like that's all that offense should think about doing is just get that guy the ball yeah but uh marshawn lynch was fucking hilarious with the mannings i heard he dropped like an f-bomb or something he did drop an f-bomb he also uh talked about how he used to take a shot and a half of hennessy before each game jesus it's funny how that's like uh, no big deal in the NFL, whereas like Ron Artest essentially did the same thing, and that was a, a big, big deal in the NBA. But, I, I mean, honestly, there's all those stories about guys in the NFL lining up and, uh, you know, with their, their pants around their ankles and just getting these like horse tranquilizer shots before every practice and game. I mean – you you have to be a whole different person to play any position. Why why would their pants need to be around their ankles if they're getting well, I mean, Okay, they didn't like you know they're probably down around their cheeks, but it's more of a it's an expression of common usage, I, I think, around the ankle. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, so yeah, so Kamara put up 29 points to, to bring Nikki to victory. Poor thing for Twiz. He said that he knew it was going to happen because uh, he was like, well, Kamara hasn't had that big of a game yet. So now that I'm playing Nikki, it's, it's bound to happen. Your team completely shot the bed. Yep. Didn't even put up 100 points. Nope. Which, uh, gave, uh, which gave Cappy the new record for lowest point total win. Yep, yep, and it was a, it was a pretty ugly win. I mean, it uh, at that's I think it was the second offensive possession for Seattle. Uh, DK, you know, caught just a stupid pass and broke away for what eighty four yards or something ridiculous and scored a touchdown, and then was targeted maybe once or twice more for the rest of the game. Um, so had that pass not, you know, had he not broken two or three or four tackles and scored that touchdown. I actually, I think would have won. Yep. You would have, uh, but you didn't. So 
I mean, I can say that about a lot of things in life. <laughs> Actually, I'm not sure if you would have won. That's what, 80 yards and a touchdown is 14 points. Oh, yeah, you it would have been – yeah, you would have won. Yeah. Wow. You also – your sit start just did not go well. No. I, no. You have a lot good. of points left on the bench with Goff and uh, Javonta Williams. So Yeah, I mean, the thing with Jared Goff is he – will uh, routinely do whatever I think he's not going to do. So if I keep him on the bench, he's going to have a great week. And if I put him in my lineup, he's going to Well, he to didn't have a great out. week. He had a terrible yeah. week, but he was, yeah. he was much better lineup. than Justin Fields. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, have you come to terms yet with the very distinct possibility of having your armpits waxed? Yeah, I have. You know, I think there's so the the obviously I'm I'm gonna have a tough time just eking another win out. Um, it could come, you know, any given week, anything can happen. But uh, week twelve is when Keenan and I face off again, and I think that's got big uh, toilet bowl implications for final pit down. Yeah, I, that's gonna be a big one, actually. I wonder. Uh... As we get closer, it's too soon. I was going to say we should see who's on by that week and analyze the matchup, but let's leave that for when it really matters. We're exactly. getting ahead of ourselves. Have you I talked do- to your wife yet about the uh, the pit waxing? She she may be into it. She may say well, wax the whole thing. I, I did. She said, uh, you know, she, she doesn't really care one way or another. I mean, you know what I look like. She can't really be too picky about what she gets on the table. Uh, but... Uh, uh, you know it doesn't have to be the pits, right? You can choose to wax any significant portion of your body, whether it be pits, chest, uh, legs, or balls and butthole. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, I've already kind of figured that it was going to be my pits, and I think I'll stick with that. She said that, uh, you know, she's convinced that it's already going to happen. Um, she doesn't even – know anything about my fantasy football prowess but she just has so much faith that i'm going to lose in everything i attempt to endeavor um which is what you want in a partner i think is is someone that just has absolutely zero faith in you um but uh she she suggested that i i trim my pits before i wax them which you know i think is cheating um so Assuming I do lose, um, I'm I'm gonna go pits, and I'm just gonna just get it done. Okay, good to hear. Well, let's uh let's uh jump on over to the waiver wire. Um, nothing too exciting. Uh, you know, there was some movement, but it it, it wasn't all that. There wasn't a huge amount of pit coin spent, except for uh, Nikki spent thirty. PTC on uh, Kenneth Gainwell, which, you know, he's going to have a big week against Detroit, hopefully, but it's hard to trust that he's going to outperform Miles Sanders, and Miles Sanders has been absolute garbage. So what makes us think that the backup's going to perform any better? So I I understand why Nikki did it. Running backs are at a premium. You know, you need to get them, but – it's not like the a slam dunk that he's going to be putting up major points. It could backfire. Yeah, 
I mean, that's that's the way it is with with any of this stuff. It's such a it's an absolute crapshoot. Whenever I read any of the headlines, I don't even bother reading the articles, but the headlines um, that Yahoo Fantasy just constantly bombards my phone with of uh, oh, <laughs> so like you know, this person has some opinion on what you should start. I'm like, this person knows nothing. Like. It's yeah. so it's so arbitrary. I mean, like, you can go, yeah, like a guy like Patrick Mahomes should probably put up about 20 fantasy points a week, but then he could also have, like, a week like he did last week where, you know, everyone's like, yeah, he'll, he'll put up 20 points, but he doesn't, you know? I mean, like, it's – or, like, he could break his leg, you know? It's just – it's it's like picking the ponies, you know. There's there's a little bit of, of a science to it, but it's more of just an art form. Yeah, well, I think the the truth of the fantasy football industry is there's very little to go off of because, like, once you have your team, there's not a whole lot you can do, right? Like, yeah. there's only a couple of guys worth picking up, and depending on where you are in the season you may want to spend it you may not but it's not like you can just like play any player um i guess there's daily fantasy so maybe it's important because of that but that's, that's when you get into like degenerate I, levels of yeah that's little, exactly like, that's gambling it more yeah. so than just playing with your friends yeah uh, so I let's get a little bit with baseball back like in the initial fan duels days and i was just like it's it, you'd have to have spreadsheet and it's like, this isn't fun anymore. It's a legitimately a job. Like, you know, it, it takes it, the fantasy out of it and just makes it way too real. But, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Ace picked up Mac Jones for nine pick coin, which is just a, a cry of desperation at quarterback. Now his quarterback, uh, situation is Carson Wentz, Ben Roethlisberger, Sam Darnold, and Mac Jones, which is, I mean, there's I mean, four slices of shit that he needs to choose from, and he's got to eat yeah. two of them. Yeah, it's a four-headed beast, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. You see those guys hanging out in the corner of a bar. You stay away from there, I'll tell you that much. Um, yeah. It's not a fun choice to have to make. I mean, really, you might as well just throw a dart and just see where it lands and just say, fuck it. And there's yeah. It's impossible to choose between them. They're all absolute garbage. Yeah. So yeah, you picked up Cincinnati uh, yeah. for five. I bid four, so you outbid me on that one, you son of a bitch. Um, yep. They should have a good week, but you never know. Exactly. And then, I mean, there's some other stuff. Frank picking up Yazama, who had a big week last week with two touchdowns as a tight end. Uh, he picked up Tyrod Taylor. For yeah. when Davis Mills uh, eventually heads back to the bench, which he should. Yep. And I guess let's see. Josh Allen already had his buy, so he picked it up for Joe Burrow in Week Ten. So I guess Frank is planning on just holding. Oh wait, he's got Tannehill. Why would he? Yeah. yeah. This makes zero sense. He picked up a fourth in less. It's a matchup based thing. I don't know. I, I just assume that everyone knows more about oh, it than I do. I think it might have been a matchup thing because he's playing you. And Mahomes, I believe, is not playing on Monday. No? Oh, that's that's terrible news. 
So that means he basically is backing you in a corner to play golf and uh, Justin yeah. Fields, which yeah. I don't think is optimal for you. No. <laughs> no I mean, it is oh, optimal for me, but it's not because, you know, that, that is the optimal choice that I have on I could be wrong. Yeah, okay. I think he will be playing. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I could be I wrong. Thought. But I mean, uh, like um, again, I I immediately just like close those uh, pop up notifications because they uh, they mean nothing to me. I you know I, I went to school with uh, one of those those guys, um, really nice guy, um, you know, big ESPN football personality. He was in my fraternity. Um, we played lacrosse together, uh, and. I think he just – I don't even know if he played football at Wesleyan, um, which you know, was not renowned for its program. Although uh, Wesleyan University is the only college program with an undefeated record against the University of Michigan. It was something like in 1915 uh, we played one game against Michigan and won you know, one of those like weird – old school scores where it's like five to two and you're like, the f- how the fuck did they come up with two safeties in a field goal? Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, but anyway, yeah, it's uh, I, I think he worked briefly for the, the, the Patriots somehow. Um, but you know, it's, I, I, he knows much more about football than me, obviously, but, uh, and you know, I'm sure he he's really good at what he does. I haven't seen him for for ages, and I I don't watch ESPN anymore. Well, I have no idea where you're going with this. What what is the purpose of this? Uh... Ah, just just uh, <laughs> by head. You know, there's a nice guy out there. Just I guess what it takes to be a uh, you know a fantasy football guru. Um, you know, you just kind of have to commit <laughs> to it and. Uh, and then if you're, you're right a little bit, that helps, I think. But Okay, that was a very roundabout way to get to yeah. uh, that answer, but okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I appreciate the journey that you just took us all down. Uh, right. In the wise words of, uh, to quote Billy Madison, we're all a little bit stupider <laughs> after that. Exactly, exactly. I mean, you got to live in my head for a little bit, so. <laughs> seems like a scary place to uh to you know, to spend a the lot wall, of time the walls are padded i'll say that much that's um, good to know okay well let's look at some matchups this week i think the big marquee matchup in the week is obviously me versus holden holden for whatever reason loves to talk shit to me um which isn't working out for him right now because i'm uh sitting ahead of him in the standings with uh one more win and more points for so, uh, yeah. yeah, you know, scoreboard, buddy. Okay. Uh, and my team is predicted by Yahoo's gurus um, to put up 169 points, which is well above anyone else in the rest of the league. So looks like uh, my team, at least from a uh, Yahoo AI standpoint, Actually, yeah, it's probably but, not AI. It's probably very much, you know, MI, mediocre intelligence of yeah, these I, uh, really, gurus. Exactly. 
because let's let's go back to the win probability numbers of uh, that that I had during the, the Monday Night Football game. Going into that catch that DK Metcalf, Metcalf had, uh, I, I think I had a 23% chance to win afterwards uh, where somehow he would have had to lose 18 points. Uh, I had a 3% chance, which is uh, pretty pretty silly. But anyway. Yeah, I, I would love to see their uh, back of the napkin math on that one. Yeah, you got to imagine whatever, you know, programming system operates the algorithm is just a hand crank and you know there's just all sorts of bolts and smoke and bile just flowing from this just rusty old thing and like marissa Mayer's old apartment (laughs) the old ceo of yahoo for those who don't know uh okay and then the only other thing i want to talk about is uh I think Bill is out there trying to figure out what to do with Russell Wilson. He's, he's sliding at this point and Keenan, I think has a very legitimate chance to, uh, to get a win this week. If Chubb is back, that is, uh, if not, it may be a little bit tough, but I, I think right now, actually let's get into this. We've talked about uh, preparing these. I'm going to give you my real quick uh, top six and, you know, how I see the rest of the season going. So we are now halfway through the regular season. So for you and Keenan, you are exactly halfway through your fantasy seasons. For the rest of us, there's hope that things may uh, extend a little bit further. But uh, I think Frank, even though his team doesn't strike a lot of fear into me, I think he'll finish the season as the number one seed. You know, he would – He's just – he's way out ahead of everybody right now. So I think he'll end up finishing as the number one seed. I've got myself in the number two seed. Uh, I'm hoping Michael Thomas comes back. He's probably not back this week, but maybe next week. That that could give me a nice bump. But my team's looking really strong right now. I mean, I've got two top ten running backs pretty much with Swift and Zeke. I've got major upside by stacking uh, Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup. And then I've got a really nice floor with um, Dak and Zeke. I mean, that pretty much accounts for most of the touchdowns that we're going to see out of Dallas, and they put up a lot of touchdowns. And A.J. Brown seems to be coming back. Travis Kelsey is still the number one tight end out there. So my team is just – I'm feeling pretty good. I think I'll end up jumping up into second place. From there, I've got Ace in third. Ooh. I've got Holden in fourth. I've got Nikki Lepla fifth. And then I think there's going to just be this race for six between uh, Twiz, Bill, and Cappy. Uh, really going at it to see who gets that last playoff spot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I see things a little bit differently. Uh, I, I just plug in um, essentially just matchups for the rest of the, the, the final half of the season uh, based on uh, just essentially coming up with who had the most difficult and, and easiest schedule based on a, opponents um, uh, 
you know, the, the amount of points that they put up so far this season, which is totally imperfect because of bye weeks and injuries and, and everything that, that's happened. But just based on, on that, uh, Frank and Ace both have the easiest uh, – they're, they're tied for the easiest schedules uh, for the rest of the season. Um, whereas uh, you've got you've got one of the the tougher ones. Um, Twiz has the hardest. Um, I'm I'm the second hardest. Uh, Keenan actually has the, the the third easiest. So I'm I'm going to put Frank in, in first, Ace in second. Um, I'm going to uh, pull up Holden to third, um, and I'm going to slot you on down to fourth, maybe fifth. Um, Nikki's in the running up there. And then, um, you know, Twiz, I'd, I'd, you know, I'd love to see him up there, but he's, he's got, he's got literally the, uh, the most difficult schedule remaining. I mean, if you look at, uh, and who he's got left in the season. It he's like he's the only guy that uh, doesn't play Keenan or me in the rest of the uh, of the season. So um, that that's painful. Um, those are you know kind of two automatic wins. Um, you know that he's he's lacking on his schedule. So yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Okay, uh, and then. Franco really likes the idea of choosing a bust of the week, um, our Peter North bust of the week. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, I think I got to go with Aaron Rodgers. He he doesn't have Devontae Adams or Alan Lazard. I can just see them really relying on Aaron Jones in that game. Uh, so I think Thursday night we're going to see a, a large bust by A-Rod. Um, I don't think to the level of that first game where he he completely shat the bed, but I can see him, you know, maybe one passing touchdown, low 200 yards, you know, not a terrible game, but definitely not something to uh, write home about. Nothing big by Aaron Rodgers standards. Exactly. So I think that will be my uh, Peter North bust of the week. Anything uh, looking at the schedule that pops out to you? Uh, I don't know enough about football anymore to uh, throw in a, a name into that hat. But, you know, I, I, I do think that that's an, an interest. You know, it's sort of, um, uh, you know, would I, would I like to have uh, a busty Aaron Rodgers on my fantasy team? Um, absolutely. Um, so f- for me – that's not that's not a huge bust. It's just mildly disappointing, I, I think. Gotcha. Okay. Well, the good news for you is Keenan does have Aaron Rodgers. So if he does bust, like I think he will, that means you'll keep pace with him probably because I think you're going to lose too. So you'll both still be you know one win, one in seven, and then yep. it's just going to depend on those uh, those points. And right now you're. Uh, you're ahead by a significant amount, although uh, you know it's it it's about uh, you know the the weird thing is he uh, has the what what would be the the tiebreaker if we end up with uh, equal uh, records and points. Um, 
he's got uh, uh, he he beat me, I think, in the second or third week of the season. So yeah, and, and I think um, another one to keep your eye on is Tom Brady. New Orleans has been really good this season against uh, quarterbacks, so I can I can see. Tom Brady having his first disappointing day. I don't think it will be that bad. You know, we're talking maybe two touchdowns through the air. Uh, yeah. So it won't be a complete shitting of the bed, but not what you're expecting. And then I think the guy who I think is just going to destroy uh, is Joe Mixon. So for those are both Twiz players. So Brady and Mixon. So Brady will shit the bed, I think, a little bit. But Mixon against the Jets should just run rampant. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Robert Sala has been disappointing with the Jets. It's it's a tough, tough job to take. I, you know, if I was his career advisor, um, I, I would have cautioned against it. But it's so hard not to take any head coaching position I'm at. I like that's got to be his dream. But just such an awful franchise with not a lot of player depth and. Uh, probably just uh, one of the, the biggest microscopes in sports media. Um, that's, you know, you got to feel for the guy. Um, I wish he was still in San Francisco or Santa Clara uh, running the defense. The Niners could certainly use something like that right now, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the last thing that I really want to touch on, and then I'll let you go on a rant. Um, mm. Odell Beckham. I dropped him and uh, I was hoping to see someone pick him up just because of all the heartache he's caused me. I was like, Oh, I can't wait to see him fuck with someone else. But it seems like the rest of the league knows he's, you know, like a herpy, just don't touch it. Yeah, I, I would have, but I've already got the one thing that's not causing me too much heartache or my wide receiver core. So, um, you know, if he, somehow got an RB attached to his name, then uh, then I'd roll the dice, no doubt. Yeah, I was talking to Twiz, actually, about maybe picking him back up in case there was a trade. But I think with his injury now, I don't know if anyone's going to want to trade for him and pay him that big salary when he's a little dinged up. So yeah. what a sad yeah. story, man. He He was so good coming into the league, and I don't know what happened. He's just a shadow of him for of his former well, self. It's just all those injuries. I mean, how many times has it happened with, you know, guys that absolutely rush the league for a handful of seasons and then get one injury that you go, Oh, maybe, it, you know, he's out for the rest of the season or maybe he's only out for a few weeks, but it just, it just throws them off. And, you know, they maybe can't make that, that plant or whatever it is. Uh, just that one extra little spicy move that throws off the defenders. Um, you know, our RG3, uh, Cam Newton, uh, the, the list is is long. There's a lot of company and guys that never came back 100%. Yeah. Oh, and last thing, Nikki, you got to drop shitty players, man. Brandon Ayuk is not <laughs> worth yeah. having on your team. Allen Robinson – it's it's tough to do because you had a lot of draft capital on him. He's fucking on the worst throwing team in the league. Like, just just cut the fucking cord, man. Pick someone up that's got some upside. 
how many weeks do you have to see Allen Robinson shit the bed before you finally say enough's enough? You got it. Nikki, yeah. it's like, it's a bad relationship. It's like, you know, he's got some abusive girlfriend and he's just, mm. he's not willing to, uh, to break it off. You, you got to do yeah. it. Allen Robinson and Ayuk, they're just, it's not going to get it done. I mean, uh, there's also the emotional attachment to Ayuk because you want him to be good on the Niners. And, you know, he's, he's shown flashes of it. Um, I don't get the whole thing. You, you know, they go, oh, you know, he's not trying very hard. He's only been targeted two or three times. And it's like, yeah, that's because he's got a rookie quarterback and a, uh, a you know, a guy in Jimmy Garoppolo who, Garoppolo, who can, you know, is well known for essentially making, looking at his, you know, his first read and not that being able throwing to the ball anything. directly into the dirt. Yeah. Or, you know, directly at a defender. You know, that, he, that's true. He'll happily throw to his first read if there's four defenders on him. Well, so, we saw that last week. Yeah. So, like, here's the thing. It's it, for whatever reason, uh, and maybe, maybe this is on, but for whatever reason, his number isn't being called in the huddle. And he doesn't have quarterbacks that are going to find him if he is getting open. And, you know, I haven't really been paying enough attention to the games to see whether or not he's out there. But he had some spectacular plays last season. I usually listen to the game on the radio. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, I, I would go and turn the TV on uh, after, you know, so, you know, some of his plays just because they made it sound so spectacular. And it was. So, yeah, anyway. what you mentioned about Jimmy G throwing into traffic, there was a play last week. I believe he threw it to Debo, and it went up Debo's hands, popped up in the air, and uh, picked off. But at the same time, like you said, there was like four players on Debo Samuel. Someone yeah. had to be open, and he's just like, yeah. no, let me launch it at Debo. And yes, not entirely his fault, because at least it did hit Debo in the hands, but that's the fucking risk you run when you throw it into that type of coverage. He's just, and I'm sure he went back to the bench thinking like, oh, not my fault. You know, I hit him in the hands, but yeah, he, yeah. he's just not it. No, no. I, I don't know if, if I was predestined to not like him because something about his face and smile and, and because of the fact that I, I did legitimately like Kaepernick and, and thought that he was the answer and was so angry at the way the 49ers treated him. Um, you know, there was like there was like two seasons where, uh, you know, who, who were they playing at quarterback? I mean, they were playing like four string nobodies. And it's like, why did you drop? You know, the, it's so stupid and, and fake and political um, to say that it was anything other than a non football decision is just lying out of the corner of your mouth. Um, but uh I forgot what I was talking about. Uh, <laughs> That'll happen. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, you want to rant about anything that's been going on in sports? Uh, the Gruden yeah. situation? Yeah, I, you know, I, I wanted to talk about the Gruden situation, just the, the emails that were leaked and who potentially leaked them. But more of it is kind of coming out, not necessarily who leaked them, but just the fact that the – uh, inquiry into the Washington football team uh, has been completed, and and that's that. 
you know, we, unless someone else comes out and leaks more of it, um, we're not going to know anymore. And Roger Goodell has been very uh, uh, firm on that, which I think is insane. Uh, you know, what's the point in doing um, any sort of investigation if you're not going to, you know, share the, the details or do something about it? Uh, and I think it's it points more in the direction that it came directly, that the leak about Gruden came directly from the commissioner's office because he seems very confident right now that nothing else is going to be leaked, that we aren't going to know anything else about this investigation. Uh, and those emails were a byproduct of the investigation. Um, if he didn't know who leaked them, uh, I think he would be a little bit more hesitant to saying, no, uh, you're not going to know anything more about this investigation. So why those emails were, were particularly linked, you know, linked, I, I think raises some interesting questions. You know, is it, does it have something to do with Gruden in specific, you know, the fact that uh, that he did say, you know, oh, Roger Goodell is uh, this or that, you know, and he makes fun of, of Roger Goodell, um, uh, you know, or, or was it some other transgression of, of his or was it the Raiders? Um, and, you know, I, I think there's there's so many cloak and dagger sort of side narratives in the NFL. Uh, that you never really know the the whole fact that their response to the CTE in, um, uh, discovery was to go the route of the tobacco companies and tobacco lobbyists uh, hire a bunch of uh, lawyers that used to work in in that field uh, I think reveals a lot it's a it's a very very weird secretive world uh i think we should have more conspiracy theories when it comes to the nfl and that's uh that's my two bits about that <laughs> okay well i think that's all we really got uh and then we can uh see what happens this week i think there's you know there's really kind of two races right now there's the race for the pits between you and keenan and then i think there's that last couple playoff spots between i guess you put me in there so i'll include myself me twiz nikki bill cappy it looks like we're all uh trying to scrounge out a win somehow yeah yeah uh i mean it you know at seven and oh and and six and one the wheels would really have to fall off the buses for Frank and Ace. Um, and Ace know, is going to get Saquon Barkley back at some point. And, you know, the, the methodology, as I said, for, for my, my process, uh, potentially undervalues cap. But I think where he's sitting in third right now is, is a little bit unrealistic in the long term. Okay. Well, uh. Yeah, I, I think Cappy's going to drop down a little bit, but I think he'll just squeak into the playoffs. Well, that wraps up 
the Pits and Peril podcast. We'll check in with everybody next week. Hopefully everyone's team shit the bed but mine. Um, I'd like to see Wally and Keenan put up big numbers of points, but I just I don't see yeah. that happening. I picked I'll, you as the, the guy who's going to win the league, but so far you've uh, yeah. done everything in your power to make sure that doesn't happen. I'm nothing if not a giant disappointment to everyone who knows me. Yeah, I, I think Mike Davis <laughs> needs to hit your bench, and I think you need to get Javonta Williams in there. I think he's taking over that backfield in Denver. Yep, yep. Hey, I'll take the advice, and I'll run with it. Yeah, and then for wide receiver, you can't, you don't have a lot of choices there. No. All right, man. Well, it was good chatting good. with you. Hopefully you Bye, find buddy. a vet that's within, uh, you know, 15 minutes of your home as opposed to, you know, an hour and a half. But, uh, you know, to each I mean, their own. Look, I, I only intend to see the vet once in a blue moon to get my dog's testicles removed. I'm not, like, trying to have a, a personal relationship with this individual. Okay. Well, still, it's That's a long way to drive to just chop the dog's balls off. You may as well just do it yourself. Eh, not a bad idea. There you go. All right. Pits uh, and Peril podcast signing off. Thanks, Wally. TTYL. Bye. Bye.